You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. You know what time it is? I think so. It's, it's that time, time for again? episode 403 of Geekiest Show Ever to hit your eardrums. 403. I know. What have you been up to? Just Just winding down the end of summer. Feels like we just did this not long ago. (laughs) The days, and that's just to say that the days feel like they're just evaporating. It just feels like they're going really fast because my husband, the kids, they're back to school and I've been busy working with clients and it's all good problems to have, but it's nonetheless tiring. So, but see, my days run into each other because we don't know what day it is. Oh, <laughs> now that you know, now that my life. husband is retired, we wake up in the morning and I lay there. I'm like Monday, Tuesday, uh, Sunday. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of have to know what day it is because I'm constantly looking. I, I, I try to forget, but my watch doesn't let me. Sad to say. <laughs> But uh, I have been tinkering with a few things because I've been busy and in my uh, imaginary spare time, you know, that that gap of time where you're supposed to be working on a task, but you don't want to do that task or you just kind of dread it or you just know you're going to be at it for a while. You're like, well, let me just do this thing and this thing and this thing and these other five things. (laughs) So amongst that, (laughs) that's my approach to housework. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess you could consider this housework in a way. Um, remember, remember back when we were talking about our Prime Hall for, for Prime Day? Mm-hmm. I had gotten an, on sale, I had gotten a set of these four smart plugs. And yep. uh, do you have any of these? I forget. Not that brand. I have mm-hmm. one by Wemo, I believe it is, and yeah. one by Amazon. Yeah, that's a, that's a popular brand. Um, I think I remember talking about it in previous episodes. I had gotten one like this, but it was made by Philips. I mean, I guess what I've learned throughout this whole process is that I didn't, I probably didn't have to get a Philips. Although I will say Philips is worth worth it for the price for a switch you're going to use all the time because it really literally just works. I've never, knock on wood, knock on all the wood, I have not had a problem with that particular switch and it works beautifully with the TV, but I wasn't going to go and spend like 30 some dollars. I forget what it was, something like that. You know, I got it on sale though, um, for every single one of these smart plugs. So I decided to take a chance on, I don't know, it's a, it's a brand that I hadn't heard of, uh, Vocolink, but there is an app and it does get firmware updates. So I got a, a package of four of these. And at first I thought, you know what I thought I was going to do with them? I like the fact that I have smart bulbs that come on at certain times. I can talk to them, tell them to come on. And so I guess uh, I kind of have a problem. <laughs> They're starting to multiply in the house, all of these smart devices. I can see how how quickly these can build up because you just like, I don't know, they're fun. You know, it's just, it's kind of a fun hobby, I think. Um, and you remember a long time ago, you told me about the salt lamp that you really liked, and I ended up getting two of them. I really, I I still love those salt lamps. We have one on each nightstand. They're just, they're kind of, they're touch, you know, they have like a little touch sensor on the cord. And I just like the the light that they give off. It's just the perfect amount of of light for night when you don't want to be woken up or when you're trying to kind of, 
get ready to go to bed. And so, it does, and it yeah. melts. I, I was spend a lot of time yeah. cleaning the salt off of the base. You know what? I know you told me that, and that has never happened. I think it's just too arid here. I have never, ever, ever had that problem. But I read all the reviews, and I believe you. I believe that it happens. People have have posted pictures of it happening, but it just doesn't happen here. And we have three of them in the house because I have one in one of the kids' bedrooms. Um, but yeah, I just I just like, you know, they're kind of hippie looking and I, I like the look of them and like the light of them. Well, in my infinite wisdom, I decided that I was going to get this four pack of these smart plugs and I was going to go and plug these in in hopes that I could either A, talk to them and say, hey, turn on the bedroom lighting and then it would just illuminate the whole bedroom before I even got to the room, right? That that was the the, the goal or that I could just, you know, turn them off with my phone or, you know, just, just do it the smart plug way. Well, I tried it and it doesn't work. Why? Because they have that touch sensor on there. So that that experiment failed. So save yourself. But what the if trouble. you turned? <laughs> but what if you turned the touch sensor on? I tried that. Yeah, I t- I tried turning it on and then plugging it in, and it doesn't it doesn't work. It has something to do with like I, I read that about certain TVs. There are certain ter- TVs that are like. I think they're programmed to come on after a power failure or something like that. And if they have that built in, they won't work with a smart switch either, which I was lucky that neither one of our TVs have that feature. So they work. So both our bedroom TV and our living room TV are plugged into smart plugs like this. And I can, I can say, Hey, S lady, turn, turn the bedroom TV on and it turns on the Apple TV and it turns on the, I think it's a Samsung TV. Or I can say, Hey, S lady, turn on the living room TV and, It'll do it. Pretty soon, we won't have to say that S word. You know that, right? I you think. don't have to say, or you hey. don't have to say "hey," right? You'll just say, you'll just say the S word. So we'll Correct. be saying the S word. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I tried that as an experiment, and that didn't work. So I went around looking at my house, like, what can I, what can I plug into these? I do have one uh, set. I, in fact, I even have a post-it note. This is going to be reserved for when we get a Christmas tree. I want to get a set of lights and plug them into this. And then that way I can talk to the Christmas tree and tell it to turn on when the time comes. Uh, So the other thing that I plugged into it that I just think is kind of fun is I have one of those wax melts that looks like a little fireplace. It's really cute. So that I plugged in. It has one of the little uh, switches that's like a little dial that you turn, that you flick on. And that was a case where, yeah, I just flicked it on, left it on, and now I can... I can turn it on and off. I haven't set up a Siri shortcut yet, but that's next on my list because I would like to say, hey, turn on the turn on the wax melt and get it going. But for now, I just like a cave person. I have to open up the home app in my phone and, and tap oh. the switch that way. I know. Oh, God. I know. Just do so you need to go lie down? Rest? I think I do. I think I do. <laughs> get to your fainting couch. <laughs> yeah. So that was my fun little thing that I tinkered around with I, that I consider, you know, house management, uh, setting up smart plugs in the house. But I wanted to share with everybody a quick little tip about that. Uh, if anybody's ever experienced this, I, did you say you've, you've plugged them in, right? And you know how you have to scan the QR code? But then yeah. the way that this one's designed, at least, and, and most of them are, you can't scan the code once it's been plugged into the wall. And depending on how they're set up, like in, in the case of this one, that was the order of operations that you had to plug it in and then scan the QR code. Well, how are you supposed to do that if it's on if it's printed on the plug? Oh, you might be saying, well, Melissa, it was probably printed on the packaging material. 
But, um, yeah, you haven't seen my office lately, and it's probably buried in a pile that's about four inches thick right now. So, yeah, I wasn't going to go look for it. So I decided to take a picture of it. And then I thought, okay, well, now the picture's on my phone, but I still need to scan it because I need my phone to set it up in the app to add it. Well, then what what was I going to do? So then I thought, well, I'll put it on the iPad. You know, I took a picture of it. And then I'll just bring the iPad over. Well, I had four of these to set up and I was going around the house and they needed firmware updates and they were taking a while. And I just didn't feel like carrying the iPad around. I thought, well, where else could I put a picture? And then I thought, oh, my Apple Watch. I knew it was going to be really tiny, but let me tell you, it works. So I created in my photos library an album that I just called Watch for my Apple Watch And anytime I need to take a picture of a QR code, I'm going to take it with my phone and I'm going to upload it, or I shouldn't say upload it, but I'm going to put it in that watch album. And then within a couple of seconds, it syncs to my Apple Watch. And then all I have to do is go into the Photos app on my Apple Watch and pull up that picture. And then I also took it a step further because I had multiple plugs and I didn't want to lose track of, you know, in case I got distracted because that like happens all the time. Uh, I took pictures of them, but I used different backgrounds. So one, I took a picture on a piece of fabric, another one on my black desk mat, another one on a different tabletop so that I knew which plug was going to be which based on what the background was in the photo that I took. Mm -hmm. Right. So then that way, as I was scrolling through my watch, I tried to do them in order. So I wouldn't have to rely on that, but just as like a, a, um, a fallback, I made sure that they were on different backgrounds. So then once I had that picture synchronized to that watch album on my watch, I could just open it up. And then when I was ready to do, I guess it's the pairing process. When I was ready in that sequence of steps to do that, then all I had to do was just open it up on my watch and point my phones, the camera that that comes up within the app, point it at my watch. And believe it or not, on that teeny tiny little screen, it actually sees that that home setup QR code and it added it. And I was able to go around to each outlet and set them all up that way. So if uh, if listeners ever encounter that, there's there's a tip for you. Put the put the picture of the QR code on your watch and scan it from there. How have you how are you doing with your smart lights? Did you ever weren't you going to get more for the basement or something? Or are you all done with lighting? Because you were having a heck of a time trying to get them connected to the two gigahertz Yep, well, that, that was taken care of. We have five lights, which we actually now? we actually don't use the app because I have mm-hmm. them all the way to the highest, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the brightest and the most white. Okay. So it's only really if, if, if Tom wants it to be a little dimmer. Okay. And we just use the wall switch, turn those on and off. But now the bar is finished. Oh, Nice. Nice. So now it's going to be time for me to start buying some, you know, fancier lights to wrap around the bar. Oh, are you going to are you going to do anything smart, smart light like? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh yeah. If I have that's any, what he's if I have anything to say about it, you will. <laughs> yeah, I just haven't looked into that yet because it's at the very bottom of the list of things we have yeah, to do. Like this course. morning, I went out and I bought. Um, I want to take some stuff off the floor and just put it on a storage unit. Yes. you know, shelving. Yep. And I was in Walmart this morning and they had what I was looking for for $69, where it was $101 nice. at Home Depot. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. Walmart for the win. Yep. So I've already put that thing together and I've pretty much stacked You're it like up. You're such a pro at building all this furniture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just 
You can walk through your house and be like, I built that and I built that and I built that. Yes. Yes, you can. I built that in the living room. I built that in the bathroom. I built that in the basement. Yep, that was me. <laughs> built by Elisa. That was me. Yep, that was me. There needs to be like a little sticker on there. Built by Elisa. Made made with love. Yeah. <laughs> Assembled in this China, was, but made in yeah, the USA this is, by this, Elisa. Th- these are nothing. You have these little clips and you put them on yeah. the poles. And then once you put them on all four poles, you just take the shelf yeah. and lower it. And then yeah. you do it again and you put the shelf on and lower it. So there's no tools involved. Oh, it only nice. took a few minutes. You know, pushed it into where I wanted it. Started loading things up. Left, yeah, this, left this a shelf for Tom for his stuff. Of course. So we can get things off the floor. Yes. I like getting things off the floor. That feels good. That feels good. Yeah. So the basement is coming along. So speaking of the basement, mm-hmm. sitting there on the dining room table we have down there are two televisions mm-hmm. that nobody wants. We keep trying to, cause like, every time someone comes over, you want a TV? It's free. 28-inch and a 32-inch. Yeah. That's why nobody wants them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, but it's free. Yeah, you know, right. it's free. We're yeah. not asking for any money. Like, take them. Mm-hmm. And I just hate to throw them away. I hate yeah. to. I can bring them to recycling, but I feel like if somebody could use them, right? I'm all about repurpose them. Let, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the other day, I said, you know something, I could probably use that 28 inch TV as a second monitor. Let me give it a shot. And that's what I'm doing right now. So you have it connected I'm using to it. your MacBook Pro with an HDMI cable. With an HDMI HDMI cable through a hub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I got that going. Uh, the problem, well, there's a couple problems, but for my purposes, it works fine because all I want to do is put the show notes. So I've got the show notes yeah. on the TV monitor, right. and then I have the Skype and the recording software on my MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. The issue was this TV is an LG. The TV I have in the wall in here is a Sharp. When I turned on the TV with the LG remote, the Sharp came on. And when I turned off the TV with the Sharp remote, my LG turned turned off. That's so, so they're reading so they're not, the same frequency. Yeah, and it's not line of sight. It's not a line of sight remote. No, you can just no, press it's it not. And, but it's not Wi-Fi, so it must be. Is it Bluetooth? It must be some kind of yeah. It must be the same frequency, yeah. Hmm. So what I have to do is rather than turn the TV on, I hit the TV slash PC button, Mm -hmm. and that converts it to a monitor versus a television, and it turns it on. That's what that means. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is it, for my purposes, it's good. If you were somebody who needed a second or a third monitor to do your work, I would not recommend it. Yeah, like this would not work out for Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, the resolution isn't good enough. It because it's a TV, it's not adjustable. I would want to take this monitor and push it back a little bit, like mm-hmm. from standing up straight to like tilting back a little bit. And I can't because mm-hmm. it's a TV. Yeah. But again, for our purposes, it's fine. Yeah. And it's probably not meant because, to be looked at really close. It's probably meant to be viewed at a certain distance. Yeah. Because once our podcast is over, I'm going to take everything apart, stick it under my desk again till the next time we podcast. Oh, it must be really light then. Yeah, it's like I said, it's small. It's only a 28 inch. So it's mm-hmm. a small TV. We had it in our kitchen sitting mm-hmm. on the kitchen counter. The other thing I do like about this, though, is if you remember a sidecar using your iPad. Yeah, I always found that moving the mouse wasn't smooth. This is so smooth. I mean, the mouse is mm-hmm. unlike right now. I know you can't see it, but I'm just moving the mouse monitor back to MacBook mm-hmm. monitor back to yep. MacBook. It's just so smooth and easy. It works great. Yeah, that's what I like about my setup. I have my 
I have my laptop screen to the right of my display, and I have like an old Apple Cinema display. Um, it's an old 27, but it's like it's like from 2017, I think, but it still works. And yeah, I can just move the mouse in between the screens. And then sometimes when I feel like really nerdy, I, I set up the iPad to the left, and then I can just go from one end to the other. It's yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say if you have an old TV and it fits on your desk and you need a second monitor just temporarily... Or even just to play music or podcasts or something, just to just to have something up that's got the player screen on it, or or to watch you could watch YouTube videos on it. I could. That would probably look decent. Yeah, yeah. Don't let it sit in a landfill somewhere. Actually, put it to use. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, another thing we were going to so. talk about is uh, some utilities that we've been using. I have been using Mac Tracker, which is an app. I don't think, I can't remember if it costs anything or where I got it from. No, Mac Tracker is free. Yeah, yeah, I've had it forever. I don't look at it as often as I should, but I have had it forever. Yeah, I, I've had it too. It's like one of those things just kind of sits there, and when I need it, it's there. And I don't exactly. use it that frequently. But lately I have been because I've been doing research for this company that I'm doing work for. And I needed to look up all the different models and find out what their specs were. And, you know, just based on that little model identifier that I can get from the report. Because it doesn't, I don't know why. Why in Apple's infinite wisdom did they not put the name of the computer in their hardware overview? Like, why is that not a thing? Why did they make you guess like 15 comma 1? Like that doesn't really tell me anything unless you go look it up in Mac Tracker. So that's that's what I've been using. I've been living in that for the last day or two. So I'm really appreciative of that app. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. And then another one, we were just talking about our backups. We always got to talk about backups. And uh, so lately I've been using Super Duper. I hadn't used it in a while because everything was in iCloud. And I would I was just using Time Machine for a while because I go through these phases of like, testing out different things for clients or they might have a question. I'm like, okay, well, let me live with that for a little bit. Let me live with what it's just like to have a time machine backup. And, you know, I would do clones like every once in a while. Well, it must have been a while since I had done a clone. And this was a while ago. Uh, and I went to go use it and it wouldn't work. I, I have a registered license, but because I now have a silicon map, uh, a silicon Mac, uh, the M1, it's not, I guess it was built originally for the Intel architecture. So the developer had to create a new, a whole new version. So I had to pay to upgrade again, which I don't mind because I've been using it for so many years. But that is a little bit of a gotcha that you need to know about. So if you, when you go to upgrade and you upgrade to a Silicon Mac, you're going to need to pay again for that, for that super duper app so that it works. And now it's working just fine. So I'm happy I'm back into cloning my, my rotational drives again. It's just one of those habits I got out of because yeah. everything's been in the cloud. But then I've been doing a lot more work lately. And I thought, yeah, I don't want to take my chances. I better get back to cloning again. Yeah. So once we publish the podcast and I have all the different files we need, I do a super duper backup. I do a time machine backup and I do a backblaze backup. Mm -hmm. That takes all day. Oh, wow. Because those things take time. And then yeah. I do some other like mini backups at the same time. Hmm. Super Duper, I bought in 2011. Wow. So I've time. more than gotten my money's worth. I know mm -hmm. I used to use it prior to that. They had a free version, but it didn't do certain things. And I thought, right. I'm using this often enough that I should throw him the $28 mm -hmm. that it cost. Mm -hmm. I may, when the time comes, switch over to Carbon Copy Cloner, which I know is more money. 
but I believe Carbon Copy Cloner, you can fine tune it a little bit more than you can with Super Duper. Yeah, I mean, Carbon Copy Cloner is amazing. I used to use it when I was a site tech and it just, wow, it was like, I used it every day. I used it all the time. It really, really did its job great, Um, but that's just it. I mean, it has so many features and they're features that I probably wouldn't really get the most out of, at least I don't think. I mean, I, I've tried the trial version and it was, you know, it suited my needs, but then the price is like, I think it's almost double. And then every once in a while he'll upgrade it and then you have to pay another upgrade fee. Whereas with Super Duper, the price just stays the same. So it's very consistent. So I just, I don't know. As much as I love Carbon Copy Cloner and everything that Mike Bombage does, it's just not something that, that I really need for, for my own personal needs. But I would, I would like it for just for testing out to, you know, like walk the walk and eat my own dog food when it comes to clients because sometimes they ask me questions about it and I kind of have to poke around on their system but if I had it on my own system I might be able to answer questions better yeah I mean they do give you a 30-day free trial they give you a 30-day free trial so that's something when my time comes because I'm not in any hurry to buy a new computer but when the Mm -hmm. time comes I'll probably download the 30 days and see what happens yeah, you know, yeah, like it, said, it I, might I end did. up being what you said. It might be more than I need for my particular use case, and I would mm-hmm. stick with just buying another license of Super Duper. Right. And when I did download the 30 day trial, I thought, oh, wow, this is great. I'm going to kick the tires on this, and there's all these things. But then I just never had enough time to really tinker with it. Because, like you said, it, it takes time. You have to wait for it to finish its backup. And if you're, you know, scheduling and erasing, it's like, how do you really evaluate that? It takes a lot of time and, and effort to go and. And, and look into that. And I just, I just happen to have the time for it. So, yeah, it's just, I, that's why it led me to believe it's probably just overkill for my needs. So I've been happy with Super Duper. It's making my clone. I'll be able to boot from an external hard drive and that's all I really need. And then there's a bartender. So that's one of the ones I had the trial for the longest time. I like the fact that even though you're on a trial, the most annoying thing is that window that keeps popping up, like, you know, are you going to buy it? Are you going to buy it? Are you going to buy it? How about now? How about now? <laughs> and so finally it did get to me. I'm like, yeah, this is, I really like this. Cause I, I used it. I used it on the trial for a while. Um, I think it's, I forget if it's 30 days or 10 days or something, but you know, it gives you a, a period of time where it won't keep nagging you. And then it nags you, which I think is, I mean, that's the way to go with these things. And uh, then I dealt with the nag for a while. And then I thought, you know what? I I've tried to live without it. I tried to disable it and just not use it. And then I thought, nah, I missed it. So then, then that's what led me to buy it. So now I'm happy. I'm a happy bartender owner. Once yeah, again, I love bartender. I had a really old version when it first came out. I started using it and then I guess it expired and I switched Macs or something, you know, somewhere along the line. But now I'm, now I'm back at owning bartender. So been happy with that. What else do we have on our list? Um, I think that was it for our utility apps, at least for this time around. I'm sure there'll be more with discuss in the future um what else do you want to talk about do you want to talk about the healthcare tips sort of a sure that's yeah that's that's (laughs) your baby i i already vented to elisa earlier so i won't have to do the venting on the podcast thankfully (laughs) but um just some things that i wanted to point out that because my husband and i are dealing with this we're caring for a family member who's got a a chronic condition and some things that we've learned that I'm hoping if I share them with you can make your life just a little bit easier. Our healthcare system here in America is broken. That's just a fact. Everybody knows that. And it just, it feels like a daunting task at times. And what can we really do about it? Well, 
one of the things that I figured out is that when you are trying to manage another family's healthcare needs, whether, I mean, it's my children or a family member, the best thing you can do is set up a vault in one password for that person. You might have to share it with other family members, depending on who all is helping out. It might just be you. It might be some other siblings that are helping out. But this has been really invaluable to us is to set up a vault for this one particular person and just store all of their patient portals in there. And what do I mean by patient portals? A lot of times when they become a patient in a doctor's care, most I'm finding most more so than not, there will be a patient portal that they were they will offer to you. And sometimes you can set it up all on your own and you just need an email address and be able to check that email address. And they might send you a code to set it up. Or sometimes the doctor will write a code down for you and hand you a code, some kind of a uh, like an invitation code. And that's that's the first place you need to start with is set up your password manager. You should be using a password manager by now, right? Uh, set up your password manager, whatever you're using, whether it's a vault or something, just make sure that it's got a designated area just for this family member. And I do this for all my family members. Everybody has their own vault. And then I set up their patient portals, and there's usually one for each type of provider, each type of doctor, each specialist, and I store all of that health data in there, you know, so that I can log into their portals. Because the other thing that I've figured out over time, and it's time that you'll never get back when they say, you know, you have to follow up with something, and what do you, what do we normally do? Well, we'll just call the number. Well, that ends up being an exercise in frustration because you call, sometimes you get passed around to different people, you have to wait for all the, the phone prompts, sometimes you end up leaving a message, and then they don't call you back, or it could take days. So I've decided to just skip all of that. And unless I really have to call, I, I choose not to. And instead, I go into the patient portal, and I leave messages. And the reason why that's important is because then that way, A, I, in my experience, I mean, your mileage can vary, but in my experience, it's been that... I get faster results, I get better uh, callbacks, I get better, I, I think there's more accountability because it's in writing. I just seem to get more done and I save time by putting a message in the message portal. It's kind of like a secure email. You log into the patient's patient portal and then there's usually a messages section and you go into the messages section and you compose your message. So it never touches your email. It never touches an email client. It doesn't go through the mail client. It doesn't go through Thunderbird or, or any kind of like web um, web mail. It goes through a secure messaging porta that is protected by HIPAA um, uh, security protections and things like that. So you know that it's secure because it's going through the doctor's portal. Like they, they are the ones who are are in charge of maintaining the security for that. So, and plus, I think they also realize that it's not spam. Yes, when you're yes. going through your that's, email, that's really good point. You know how much how much mm -hmm. is spam? How much is um, uh, someone trying to sell me something? How much right. of it is just garbage? Or at least you know with the patient. Yeah, with the patient portal, this person has to be a patient in order to get into this portal. Right. There's a whole invitation process and uh, a verification process and all of that kind of stuff. So you know that it's secure that way. And even even though like I'm expecting these emails to come into the inbox, I still just take that email and say, okay, this is a notification. Because it'll say, you know, so, sometimes it'll say, 
click here, you know, or there'll be a button or it'll say patient portal or there'll be a link or something like that. And I never click on those links, even though I've expected them to come and I know it's probably legit. Just as a personal best practices, I just don't click the links in the email. Instead, I just say, okay, this is a notification. Then I go into my password manager and I log in to the patient portal with the password manager because I know that that URL that I got during the signup process is the legitimate URL, that it's not being spoofed, it's not being you know, commandeered by somebody else trying to trick me into giving over payment information. You know, It might say like, you have a bill that's due. I still just don't, it's not that I don't believe it, I just, I just set that aside, I delete the message, I go directly into the patient portal and then I look and say, oh, okay, there's a bill here. And, and then I follow up with it that way. So patient portals are really important. Um, another thing that I recommend doing is uh, set up set up a shared list. You can do this now in contacts. In contacts, you can, like I, I explained this before in the past, my husband and I, we each have our own separate I, Apple IDs. And then we created a, a separate Apple ID that we share. So when you... When you configure your phone, your iPad, your Mac, whatever, you have to use your own Apple ID as the main Apple ID for, for all the things in iCloud. But Apple does let you set up secondary Apple IDs or Google accounts. Any other email account that you want to set up, you can set up multiple accounts. And so what we do is we use another Apple ID that the only purpose of that Apple ID is so that we can share contacts with each other. So then I set up that Apple ID just in the contacts section of the settings. And that's the only box that I have. That's the only switch that I have switched on. I don't use it for anything else. And then that way in our each of our contacts apps, we have a shared, we have a list that's named for the family member that we're both taking care of. And then anytime that person gets a new doctor, a new specialist, um, any new contact information, that has to do with their doctors, it goes into that list and then it's shared between our devices. And now you can even share the notes. So if there's notes, you know, this, you know, person saw this doctor on such and such a date. And then speaking of dates, then the other thing that I recommend, I highly recommend that you have is a separate shared calendar. So in Apple's calendar, and I'm sure you can do this in Google's calendar too, you can set up a calendar that's specific to that person that you're caring for. I have this, you know, for my kids, for all of their school stuff, their their homework, their courses, and all of their doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, all that kind of stuff. And so for this family member that we share care over, um, and we also then shared it with other family members so that they're abreast of everything that's going on with, with their family member. And so we have a calendar. It's, it's private. It's still private. It's not a public you know, calendar that anybody can access, obviously, um, but you can send an invitation to, you know, say it's your sister or your brother-in-law or, or who else, whoever else is involved in the care, you can send them an invitation, they accept the invitation, and you can even mark it as just view only. So, for example, we don't want anybody else to feel bad if they like made a mistake or deleted something. So we just mark it as view only. And then Nate and I are the only ones that can make changes to the calendar. So I highly recommend doing that. That's been really invaluable because so many times I take this person to their appointment and then they ask me, well, when was the last blah, blah, blah test? Well, then I can go into my calendar and do a search for blah, blah, blah. And it shows me, you know, the dates for when those things occurred. So that's been invaluable. So a shared one password vault, a shared 
uh, contacts list and a shared calendar. And then another thing to add on to that is we also recently started making, because now you can do this in iCloud, we have a shared folder. So uh, test reports, lab reports, um, medical bills, like anything that's involved in the in the caring of this person, we scan them, download them, you know, whatever, we get them into this iCloud folder. And then that folder is shared amongst all of the family members. So it kind of cuts down on the having to say like, okay, well, you know, send this this document through a text message or send this document through an email. Everything is just filed already in the folders. So then you don't, you cut out the step of having to like go check the email and then download the file and then file it. It's already just filed. So in fact, you can actually just put the file in there and then just share that individual file, a link to it. And then they can go view it that way, just right there in the files app. So share all the things. Um, those are my recommendations for trying to uh, reduce some of the, I can't, it's not a panacea for everything. You're still going to be frustrated with the whole healthcare system. But I have found that, that having these tools and using these methods has probably saved my marriage <laughs> because, mm -hmm. you know, there's just so many, when, when there's so many people helping out, it's great, but it can also be a problem too. And this kind of keeps doing it with these things, with these tools, kind of helps keep everybody on the same page, especially if like someone say went on vacation or went away and then the other person's handling, like say paying a bill or something, then everybody knows what's going on at any time and they can just look and be like, okay, that got taken care of. So those are, those are my tips that I have learned thus far. Did you use any of that stuff when you were handling care? No, no other just, than the shared calendar, not yeah. the shared calendar, but having, I have a specific calendar that just had my parents' doctor's appointments on them. Yeah. And then I had a separate list in mm -hmm. contacts of all my parents' doctors. Yeah, so those two things. And the, pharm and the pharmacy. But they didn't have portals. Yeah. So yeah. anytime I needed something, I would call. Mm -hmm. I just have to deal with the cave person on the end of the phone. <laughs> they were usually pretty good because they yeah. knew me because I was there so often that for some doctors, I didn't even have to sign anything or have my parents sign anything. They just mm -hmm. knew. Yeah. And they just said, yeah, we'll tell you whatever you want to know. Mm. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it gets a little tricky for me because I'm not the power of attorney. Um, I'm kind of the family secretary, so there are times when I have to offload that task to the power of attorney. But for the most part, I just I handle a lot of the scheduling and appointments and phone calls and downloading of reports and things. But yeah, it's it's a lot. But luckily, we have and also in my parents' case, they were both deaf. Oh, so the yeah. doctors wanted me in the room. Yeah. Right. Right. Because they would ask questions, how are you feeling today? And I would either have to almost use sign language, mm -hmm. or I think you had given oh, me yeah, the, the app, app. Cardzilla. Right. I would I had yep. that out ready to go, and I would just yes. type in, how are you? And I would show it to the parent, and then that parent would say, oh, you know, I'm good, or I have an ache and pain here or there. When mm -hmm. it came to the actual exam is when I would leave the room. Mm -hmm. But the preliminary, when they were doing blood pressure and just asking those questions, and the doctor would look at me, and and I'd say, yeah, they're lying to you. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to keep them honest, because they, they want to minimize yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, and in this case, and I just know how my parents are, and they want an advocate there, because, and I feel the same way, like, there's times where I wish that I wasn't alone going to a doctor's appointment, because I get really overwhelmed, and I have to just take a lot of notes, 
In fact, now I, I slipped up on one thing that frustrated me. I was at the, um, I was at a, an eye doctor visit and I had my phone out and I was taking notes about the appointment, but then my husband was asking me questions. So I was texting with him answers about this appointment and the doctor actually got upset with me because, you know, I, I asked him to repeat the answer to a question and he was like really condescending. He's like, yeah, because you were on your phone. And I said, um, I'm taking notes. Like I'm, I'm the family secretary. Like I'm taking notes for the power of attorney here. That's why I'm on my phone. I'm not playing Candy Crush here. Come on. You know, so I don't know. I guess, I guess some doctors are just like, they're, they're still not hip to the fact that we have to take notes for things. And so I used to do it, but I, I guess I need to get back in the habit of saying, okay, I'm going to take notes on my phone. Like I'm not playing Candy Crush. I'm serious. Like I'm going to have my phone out. I'm going to be taking notes because, you know, I have fibro and I get fibro fog at times. And there's times where I'm supposed to be there being the patient advocate. And yet, you know, that's a tough, that's a tall task for me at times. So I do need to take notes. And I guess that would be another tip is if you're at all nervous about that, like I tend to get, you might want to say something to the doctor that you're using your phone for taking notes. I, I have not come into a situation where they usually will have signs that they don't want you recording. Um, but I have recorded some conversations and like one of the doctors is like really super cool about it. And they'll actually let me take pictures of things that they've written and stuff like that. So I think if you just bring it up and say that, you know, you're a type of person that needs to have notes because you're responsible for then disseminating that information to other family members, then they're usually pretty good about it. But because I guess I, I don't know, he just assumed and whatever, <laughs> I'm going to let it go. But it might be something you might want to yeah. bring up. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much all I had for this week because, like I said, it's just been it's yeah. been a daunting week, and I haven't had a whole lot to a lot of time to play except for my little smart plugs. Yeah, it's also slow in the technology word, world. But I do have one little tip for people who are looking for yet another streaming service because we don't have enough. I oh, think no. I have every <laughs> one of them, but Disney. So I get an email about Paramount Plus that it is available. They have a special deal where you can get it for $2.50 a month. Oh, really? I said, okay. And I mentioned it to my husband. I said, do you have any need for Paramount? And he said, no. And I looked it up because I Dexter's thought... on there, isn't it? I thought that some of the NFL games were only going to be on Paramount. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, even this weekend, I watched the Red Sox-Yankees, and the Red Sox swept. Ooh-hoo. Anyway... <laughs> Friday night's game was on Apple TV. Saturday afternoon's game was on Fox Sports Network. Oh, my God. So you needed regular cable for that. And then Sunday's game was on Amazon Prime. Why did they do that? So, to just drive us all crazy and make us all subscribe. That last is, week's game wow. that we happened to go to, we went to Boston for last week's game. Yeah. That was on Peacock. Huh. You know, so if we were home, I would have been watching it on Peacock. So I thought, okay, if the NFL is going to be on Paramount on some of these games, I may have to get this so he can watch his football. I thought you, but, you could just buy a season pass and get everything. Uh, no? For football? You can. For any of the you sports. For, it looks like, if I'm reading it correctly, you can get, if you get Paramount Plus, that's a way for you to watch football without having cable TV. Oh, interesting. So if you're a, to a total cord cutter, but you want to watch the normal CBS games, because some games are on CBS and some games are on Fox, mm -hmm. you could at least get the CBS games if you have Paramount. So he said, no, I don't need it. 
And I, like I said, I looked, we already have the cable, we already have CBS, we have Fox, so he's, he's got that covered. But then I noticed it said for $5 a month, we can get Paramount Plus and Showtime mm-hmm. because CBS now owns Showtime. Oh, so for $60 a year, you can get Paramount and Showtime. And we canceled our Showtime when we moved. Yeah. But we were going to get it in November because the show Billions is back for the final season. Uh-huh. But it releases one week at a time. And that's a show we need to binge because it's one of those shows where you go, what? Even though a week has gone by, you're just like, yeah. what? What happened? Yeah. It's so much happens. So I said to Tom, when we get back from our trip in November, I'll get Showtime for a month. We'll binge. Yeah. We'll be done. Showtime for a month is $11. Now, granted, this is going to be $60, but it's for a full year. For a whole year, yeah. Right. And then you don't have the pressure. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, tempting. why not get two more streaming (laughs) services that I'm not going to be watching? (laughs) So I'll put the link in the show notes for this. Uh, It's good until mid-September if you're interested in getting it and use the link that's in the show notes because you may not be able to find it otherwise. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, so you can tip. either spend $30 a year if you just want Paramount or you can spend $60 a year if you want it with Showtime. That's only good for the first year. So make sure you make that reminder to cancel. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking I was just going to get Showtime for like a week to try it, but only for the purposes of binging Dexter, because that's all I really want to watch. But it's like, I just know myself, that week will go by and I'll get like halfway through the season and I'll be so upset. Yeah. I'm trying to watch more TV, which I know sounds weird, because I have all these streaming services. Mm-hmm. I watch baseball at this time of year. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm trying to watch more. <laughs> so I watched, um, I'm in a book group, my neighbors, in fact, we meet tomorrow. And the book that we read is Daisy Jones and the Six. That is a show that's on Amazon. So mm-hmm. I watched the Amazon show after I finished the book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Quite different. If you've yeah. read the book, the show is a little bit different. If you've watched the show, the book is a little different. It and that's all follow. I'll say about that. Yeah. Okay. It does. As always, the book is better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when I finished that, I started watching, uh, yesterday, I started watching season three of Truth Be Told on oh, Apple TV. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've I don't know that. why. I don't know why. I just, I don't know. It's. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why thing. I keep watching it. Yeah, exactly. But I do. It, you know what it is? It's something, it's, I call it, this is terrible, but I call it like my junk TV or my trash TV. Like, it's just, um. It's something that if I lose focus, I'm not going to feel anxiety about it. It's just something yeah. to watch that's just entertaining, but I don't feel like I have to follow the whole plot. I mean, occasionally I might rewind and be like, what? How is that? Huh? But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a decent show. It's got an interesting storyline. Yeah. yeah it's, I like the it's characters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just okay. It's okay. Right. If it never, if it doesn't come back for season four, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I felt by Silo. <gasps> I hated oh, Silo. Yeah. <laughs> I know people love Silo. It was yeah. all I could do to get through it. Very confusing. Very, very confusing. It was yeah. confusing, and I hated every character. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it, but yeah, I just felt like I got dropped off of a cliff at the end. 
And I was like, what? What did I just watch? What just happened? Where like Severance, yeah, I, mean, the- I can't wait till Severance comes back. And that I felt like I was digging my eyeballs to get through until like the last couple of episodes. And then I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And now I can't wait for more. And I don't know. Do you have any idea? Is that ever going to come out anytime soon? Severance? I wish that would come I out. I don't know. I don't know the if they filmed it. The morning show's back again. I liked the that first That comes back season. in September. The second think- season was horrible. Yeah, I thought so too. The morning show, yeah. I liked, I loved the first season. The first season really hooked me in. And the second season, I was like, eh, eh. I wasn't in a hurry to, to finish it. But I'll, I'll give it another try. Okay, Severance season. is not coming back till 2024. Oh, I've got a while to wait yet. Yeah, so you're looking at at least two years in between. I mean, I will have forgotten everything by then. I know, I know. That's because they want you to watch it again. I might just have to. You might have to, or at least you'll have to watch the five-minute recap. That was I also one finished of those shows, Hijack. That was one of those shows I get hooked into because of all the Easter eggs. I always looked for all the, the little details. Remember, we were just talking about this, about Breaking Bad last time. I really yeah. dig shows like that where there's a lot. You can tell they put a lot of care and craft into the small details. That's what that's what hooks me in. Yeah. I watched Hijack also. Which Oh, how was that? Was it any good? It was okay. Yeah. You look at some of the situations and you go, "Really? Mm. Do you think that yeah. is really how that would be handled?" Yeah. Do you yeah, really that, think that, that? That bugs me when I watch a show where I have these expectations of, okay, this is going to be a show about this type of topic, and it's going to be very realistic, and it's going to grab you, and you're going to be at the edge of your seat. And then, yeah, when stuff like that happens, and you, and you have to go, really? No, that's not believable. That's not, that's not even plausible. Or that's just so far-fetched that, yeah, then that yeah. irritates me. I mean, is it worth watching? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it, oh, my God, this is fabulous? No. We just finished Guardians of the Galaxy last night, and that was kind of the same thing where it's like, I just kept feeling like I was lost. Like, okay, how did they get from there to there? And this this thing exploded, and I thought everybody died. Oh, but wait, no, they're still alive. And now they're on this other thing, and now they're moving through this thing. And wait, how does this connect to that? And wait, I thought that that person was dead. It's like, it just it just kept you spinning and... I don't know. The kids the kids and my husband loved it. They they were thoroughly entertained, but I think it was more of just the splashy, splashy explosions and just lots of, <laughs> you know, violence and, and I don't know. There were cute there were cute little baby raccoons in it at some point, so <laughs> 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 So I can say that about it. And you know, Chris yeah. Pratt's like kinda dreamy to look at, so Yeah. So I guess we're done babbling, Melissa, yeah. if people want to get in touch with us with that they're watching on Apple TV or any other the 1500 streaming services, how would they do so? <laughs> we have a variety of ways. You can email us. Our po- our email address is podcast at geekyshowever.com. You can go to the website, geekyshowever.com, and you can click on the contact tab and that will send us an email. Uh, we're also available on socials. Where are we available on socials? We got Twitter, we got Mastodon. I'm I'm on Threads now. So where are we at on Twitter? On Twitter, I am reached at Elisa Paselli one. Melissa is at the Mac Mommy, and also the MacMommy.com for all things Melissa. Mastodon, uh, we are at the Mac Mommy at Mastodon.cloud or Sensei Die at Mastodon.social or at Geekiest Show Ever at Tech Hub dot social 
And all those links will be in our show notes over at geekyshowever.com. That's right. So we want to thank you so much for listening. We will be back again in a couple of weeks. And until then, please stay safe.